0: Okay, now we're now we're recording. <laughs> I found the button. Okay. <laughs> Intro time. Intro time for the interview of yes. a lifetime. Yes. Do you know who I interviewed this week? You weren't on the interviews. So. Gabe
1: Miller. Hey,
0: you do pay attention. Every I was like I'm once gonna in a while. I'm just gonna start this and Tim's not gonna know what we're doing. But you knew. You, barely. You're in on it. Gabe Miller's a painter, right? Well, Gabe Miller is not a painter. Gabe Miller is a painter of sound. Oh, wow. He's a, he's a YouTuber. Same. Click the links if you've never heard of him no. because you're just – you're so out of the loop, yeah. babies.
1: Get in the loop.
0: Yeah. Um. No, he's an EDM YouTuber. He makes sick musics. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of fun interviewing him. We're going to get into that yep. real soon. Yep. First of all, how have you been, Tim?
1: So far, so good. Yeah. The weather was beautiful yesterday. I know that's weird to say mm-hmm. because no one would uh, care. Excuse me? Because no one okay. will care. Okay,
0: well, why are we talking about the weather? The worst conversation-like <sighs> thing ever. Because it's been, like, and dreary with...
1: and blue, and then yesterday was beautiful. And it uh-huh. made me feel happy inside. Oh, okay. That's why we're talking about it. Okay,
0: yeah, but what kind of musics and stuff have you been into?
1: I have been into... Uh... Alice in Chains recently. What? Their newer stuff. Are you
0: an old man?
1: No. Well, kind of. I am (laughs) a little bit on the inside. But their newer stuff is really good. And I would recommend Rainier Fog. Check it out. The music video is about them finding uh, a wild bottle of beer and raising it as their own.
0: Oh, that is sweet. It is sweet. That's adorable. (laughs) It is adorable. I've been listening. Pardon me. So... I've been listening to the record that came out this fall by Tiny Moving Parts. It's called Breathe. Mm-hmm. We did not do a review of it because I didn't pay attention when it came out. I had known that Tiny Moving Parts was a band but never really listened to them.
1: I had never heard of them until you told me about them. You know
0: them. what? You shut your mouth. Okay. They're amazing. I can't believe I didn't listen to them before. Oh, my gosh. The best way I can describe this record, since it's too late to make a, a review out of it, it's like if you took the last Real Friends album, made the lyrics shoutier – And better, wow! And then put kind of math-rocky guitar lead throughout it. So it's you know, as the song, as you look at the like the structure, it's basic pop punk stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's just they've got the the this spice to it. There's a spice, the spice of life. Is it a pumpkin spice or like a spice spice? Well, it came out in September, so it's a pumpkin spice. Oh, darn! Yes.
1: (laughs) So basic white girls abound. I don't know. Do you think Basic White Girls would be into it? I mean, you're a Basic White Girl. Oh, um, I guess <laughs> so then. I guess that's a
0: yes. <laughs> got him. <laughs> no, you did got me. I did. Oh, there was something else. I found this band just this morning along the same kind of vein. Oh, wow. Pet Symmetry. Symmetry? Pet Symmetry. Hmm. Listen to them. More modern pop punk stuff. Okay, so if you don't listen to me, or this podcast, or whatever, or new wave, pop punk, and stuff. I'd be very when surprised I...
1: if they knew what you were saying right All now right, if they so didn't I... listen to you or this podcast. Okay. But anyway, please continue. Okay.
0: So when I use the words like pop punk uh-huh. or emo, uh-huh. I know. Close your eyes. I can see the picture that you picture. When I. When talk... I
1: was Hey, young boy. Okay. You should... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
0: enough of that. <laughs> um, when I say new wave, uh-huh. emo, and pop punk,
1: uh-huh.
0: it. It doesn't look a thing like that picture you're picturing. Okay. And you have to look up these bands to know what I'm talking about.
1: Well, see, I, uh, to me, emo mm-hmm. and pop punk are two different things. When I think Oh, definitely, pop- definitely. When I think pop punk, I think Reliant K. Okay. When I think emo, mm-hmm. I think uh, My Chemical Romance.
0: Okay. So- like My Chemical Romance is what is what you call mall emo. Okay. And mall emo is pretty
1: much dead. the lord does miracles every day <laughs> like smiting down those mall emo kids
0: <laughs> hey uh, you know yeah but you know, you know what i mean mm-hmm. you, you've seen the bands that i like they look like normal people yeah they just write more feelies <laughs> songs mm-hmm. they're um, just
1: always sad mm-hmm. yeah
0: and it's it's true anyway you know it's not sad gabe miller Gabe Miller. No, he's. I really hope Gabe Miller's not sad. <laughs> I thought we were rapping back. I don't know. We are rapping back. I was going to say something about electronics, <laughs> dance music, music.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that could be sad. I don't know. Do they make sad EDM? Ooh, Skrillex he... wants to be sad EDM. Is Skrillex still alive? Yeah, he's uh, he's singing again actually. Wow. Yeah.
0: Did we talk about that on the podcast on a different episode? It's possible. I feel like we might have.
1: It's very possible. So,
0: I had another, I had another side thing to talk about on that. Yes, sad EDM. Uh, at my day job, they play, <laughs> they play EDM remix of your song by Elton John, uh, like uh, every morning, uh, along with an EDM remix of uh, Fast Cars by Tracy Chapman.
1: Dude, they play that one at my work too. <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> no, I kind of like it. So no. there, I guess there is sad EDM. <laughs> No, it's terrible.
0: Well, you want to listen to some good EDM, follow the links to (laughs) Gabe Miller. And if you want to listen to a man who makes good EDM, just keep listening uh, because we're about to talk to Gabe Miller. (laughs) All right. uh, In case – I'm not going to edit something to put at the end every time, so let's say it right now. Uh, Just remember how much we love you guys. Bye, babies! All right gabe miller hello Here he is the man the myth the legend <laughs>
2: <laughs> thanks All for right. having
0: me oh for sure for sure it's great to have you you on um so uh just a little intro as to who you are you are a edm youtuber
2: yeah i make electronic music uh for the internet show people the process as i go along and uh lately have incorporated a lot of kind of uh synthesizers and physical gear into that and uh Yeah, kind of makes stuff for all all skill levels from, they're just kind of curious about how music is made and want to see the process a little bit to people who are trying to make music and make it well, kind of whole mix of stuff going on.
0: Yeah, man, I love it. I got to say, as someone who I wouldn't call myself a huge fan of EDM or Mm -hmm. like like I listen to it, but I love your stuff. I I don't quite remember how I found your YouTube channel. It was probably about a year ago, but you're one of the most bingeable channels. Because I, I love thanks, I love man. recording. I love recording and so that kind mm, of thing. Same. It it's super fun. And your your personality is always so smooth throughout it. It it's very good stuff to watch. Um Well
2: thanks. I really appreciate
0: that, it. Yeah. So uh what made you uh what made you get into the, the filming and the YouTube aspect of making music? What made you start doing the production of that stuff?
2: Mm, so a couple of things that kinda all collided at once. So the thing that inspired me to do YouTube with uh, music production in the way that I do it now, the biggest one would be uh, Andrew Huang. I don't know if you've seen any, any of his videos. Um, but he does super talented musician, um, multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, producer. And so he's really kind of mastered the art of not just um, doing the traditional music thing, and then just putting stuff out on YouTube, but using YouTube as its own platform. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's been one of the bigger inspirations for me. I've gotten to meet him very briefly a couple of times. And um, yeah, he's been a huge inspiration. And then um, uh, Josh Taylor and Kevin McCreary from the InnerTube podcast were big inspirations. I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube channel uh, Blimey Cow with Messy Mondays. Mm-hmm. Yeah they, they're kind of the regularity of like, okay, this is not just something where we'll put up stuff randomly, but let's have a regular show and, you know, put stuff out regularly. And that was kind of the first time I encountered that kind of mindset. And that's what inspired me to start making uh, more regular videos. And that's ended up working out really well for me because then I've accidentally ended up, ended up kind of riding this wave of YouTube musicians doing regular content. And so, yeah, those things kind of collided at the right time to get me interested.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, Have you found – how long had you been making music before you started
2: regularly posting on YouTube? So that's – in terms of production, not that long. There's, like, multiple steps that go into this. So I started out as a drummer from, like, Mm -hmm. age three, started banging on pots and pans, and my parents were – Crazy enough to get me a drum kit and get me some lessons. And I was able to kind of hone my skills as a drummer and then kind of build from there. And so I got into recording probably two or three years before I started the YouTube channel and production at the same time. And then kind of just learned as much as I possibly could, kind of worked on stuff. But around the time that I really started taking music production seriously was about a year before I started uh, seriously uploading to the channel.
0: Nice. Uh, Have you found that uh, the sort of community that comes from having uh, uh, a a fair bit of subscribers kind of helps you and inspires you to keep making music? Like, how does that affect uh, your process when you're coming up with ideas and implementing them?
2: Mm. Uh, It does to a degree. I mean, for one thing, it's just really nice to know that, like, I can put something up and there will at least be a few people who dig it and go like, yeah, this is dope. But um, like these days, especially, I've kind of ended up. Uh, accidentally falling into started out by accident and it's ended up on purpose which is part of this um, falling into the synth niche on YouTube because there's this kind of growing niche of people interested in physical gear and hardware and synthesizers and groove boxes you know stuff like the Novation Circuit Mm -hmm. Um, that's I've kind of fallen in love with that kind of space and as I fell in love with that space I fall in love with that kind of community around it and So it, uh, looking for something that'll be viewed by an audience, um, you know, it has encouraged me to lean into that niche, um, quite a bit. So it's like, well, I have this musical idea. Should I make it in the computer and just drop a song by itself? Or should I, you know, film the process or at the very least turn it into some kind of synthesizer jam? Those are decisions that I've started making a little more intentionally because it's, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm making music for myself. Amazing. I'm making stuff that I want to be able to listen to that I like that represents my taste in music, but kind of packaging it in a form that people in my kind of niche and community would be interested in, even if they don't really know who I am or care about the music that I make.
0: Yeah, I like so, yeah. On, I've definitely on,
2: leaned into that niche, but oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, on kind of the same note, uh, how do you deal with feelings? Because you post very regularly. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with, uh, I guess you could call it writer's block with, how how do you deal with that when you like know that people are expecting to have you make something every week or so, you know?
2: I mean, the, the big secret for writer's block and for how I post so regularly is that I've developed a bit of a stockpile and by a bit of a, a stockpile, I mean a pretty gigantic stockpile of videos, um, mm-hmm. Last summer, not the summer that just passed, but summer of last year um uh you know, I was just working, I was in the lovely position of being able to work only four days a week, so I determined all right i'm gonna get some momentum here I'm gonna make as much stuff as possible, and I'm gonna get ahead and that carried me through the next quarter the next fall quarter at college, mm-hmm. and I've just been at least a couple of months ahead since then. So that's one part of it is just getting ahead. So if I'm stuck on a song or kind of lacking inspiration, I have the license to just take a clean break, go do something else for a while and then eventually I know that the urge to like oh gosh, I got to go make something will come back. Yeah, you know, especially when I'm like really deep into a quarter where I'm consumed by coursework. You know, right now I'm also working on an internship. So a lot of that takes up a lot of time. And I usually find if I let that kind of take over for a while and like absorb myself in that, eventually I'll start getting the kind of creative itch again. So there's that aspect of it too. And then there's the other aspect of I listen to a lot of music. A lot of music and a lot of different styles. Mm -hmm. And, like, ever since I got started in electronic music, it was always, you know, hearing something that I think is cool and go, I want to make something like that, but even more with my own kind of spin on it. Mm -hmm. And so, listening to a lot of music in a lot of different styles kind of amplifies that tendency. So, I get a lot of inspiration from just listening to stuff. And if I'm ever in a bit of a creative rut, that's usually a cue for me to go search out some new music, either just something new to me that i haven't heard before or like something in a style that i didn't listen to that much or maybe just come back around to something so lately i've been listening to a lot of house music and a lot of metal and so that's got me in that mindset to wanna to make metal and then before that i was listening to a lot of synthwave so i was making a lot of synthwave and it's kind of goes through these phases of mm-hmm. what my current obsession is basically and then um yeah, it'll go through those phases, it'll kind of come full circle eventually, and then what's nice about combining that with stockpiling is that um, I can kind of mix that stuff up later. Mm-hmm. So you have a mix of styles coming out, so there's variety, even yeah. if maybe I made like three house tracks within the space of a few weeks, and then three synthwave tracks, I can shuffle those up, vary it up, so it stays interesting, and yeah, it nice. stays varied.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good system. Uh I'm glad you brought up the metal thing cuz I noticed uh two a couple weeks ago now you posted uh, uh a couple videos on on some sort of electronic metal that you were working on that. I really enjoyed those videos a lot. Thanks. Um and I, I do remember, I don't even know how long ago, watching a video of yours where you were talking about how uh you had a lot of rock influence and different mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk a little bit, uh, drop some names on your uh, varied influences through a couple different genres?
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, lately, it's pretty funny. I'm, a, I'm compiling a list of, like, my favorite albums of the year, and the in the top three, two of them are metal, and one of them is, like, this electronic jazz fusion thing. And as much as I adore electronic music and always will and listen to, like, a ton of it, um, metal's always metal and rock have always been so. What have I been listening to lately? Um, in terms of specific albums, uh, Peripheries' latest album is really good. Uh, um, Northlane's album Alien that's the latest album that dropped this year. That's really good. Um, take inspiration from folks like Gojira, Animals as Leaders, a lot, a lot of people in the gent world, DJ, ENT. Um, that kind of style I tend to really gravitate towards. Um, you know, growing up, listening to stuff like, you know, Thousand Foot Crutch, Breaking Benjamin, and then as I've gotten older, my musical tastes have just gotten, like, heavier and more out there. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, for someone looking to, like, get into some of the kind of metal that I like, uh, the Lane and the Periphery recommendations are the, the ones to go to, I think. The, yeah. That's some really solid, like, the songs are really catchy, but, like, it's some really heavy stuff, and there's some kind of cool and strange, like out there musically stuff, you know, weird rhythms and oh yeah. Um yeah, I love that stuff, especially having grown up as a drummer. You know, that kind of more rhythmic aspect of it really appeals to me.
0: Yes, yeah. And I oh, I really wish Tim was here cuz he's the metal half of this show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So generally, uh an episode will end up where uh Tim will talk about all the the metal stuff he's been into or whatever. Uh he yeah. he's the metal half and I'm I'm usually the more emo or punk half. Um Okay, cool. But but that those names I I know I know my brother plays all those names. Uh Okay, nice. They'll, they'll definitely be in the uh in the playlist for this episode. Um Nice. Do you uh, do you ever think about yourself uh moving into more genre fusion in the future?
2: Yeah, 100%. Um there are a couple of tracks I'm working on that play with some more genre fusion. I recently so I recently wanted to to get back into drums. I've been thinking about it for like a year because I sold my electronic kit a few years ago to get to get an OP1, actually, um which served me very well and no regrets doing that. But lately in the past year or so I've been finding myself really wanting to get back into drums. So I bought just a cheap electronic kit and I'm using that to trigger some MIDI stuff in the computer, you know, some proper samples and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's some more genre fusion, uh, genre fusion stuff coming. That takes a little longer obviously, but um, yeah, no, this, and this won't come out for a while, but I may as well talk about it because I like was, this was my like project that took like all of a week kind of working on it on and off was a synthwave metal track. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got that like 80s like uh, Tron and Blade Runner kind of vibe to it, like that kind of cinematic vintage synths vibe going on and then this kind of gente metal going on and you know it's something that I wanted to exist and I've not really heard. So mm-hmm. um it's kind of like a reverse uh, uh dropping more names. It's like a reverse Carpenter Brute. He's a uh Synthwave producer who's a huge metalhead, but he produces Synthwave that just has a lot of kind of metal elements to it. This is kind of the reverse of that. It's like metal with a lot of elements of synthwave kind of thrown in. Um, so yeah a bit more genre fusion coming up. I'm slowly working on an ep that kind of explores that idea but that won't be finished for a while so i'm usually working on like a bunch of different things all at once and kind of depends on what i feel like working on i love it man That's that's one of the
0: most beautiful things about making stuff like that just Mm -hmm. is incredible the inspiration i love it um thanks so we are almost exactly at half the time a usual interview is because okay Half the questions are gone. I I really should have uh, had my brother write down what he was going to ask you and then stole it from him, but I completely spaced because I'm a quack. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. Yeah, man. Well, uh, sorry, it kind of ended up pretty short. I I really appreciate you being here, though.
2: No worries. Yeah, glad glad to be on. I love talking about this stuff, obviously. I really enjoy getting the opportunity to talk about this stuff and just geek out for a while, so that's all good.
0: Yeah, man. So I, I know that uh, outside of YouTube, you do have some uh, EPs and uh, stuff uh, that people can buy. I know it's on iTunes. I know it's on Spotify. Is there yep. anywhere specific that is
2: best for you for people to find your music? Um, Spotify is probably best just because it gets people listen to it. Like, it's convenient. And so it means you're more likely to put on a playlist and jam to it. Uh, if people want to support me, Bandcamp's the best. Um because you can pay what you want, and typically people who do pay are pretty like nice about it. But of course, if people are new to what I do, I'm not expecting that. So yeah, Spotify is the best, or just uh, YouTube. That's kind of the main platform that I've really leaned into. So
0: I love it, man. Thanks again. I will link up all that down there in the description of this episode.
2: All righty. Sweet.